Hi, and welcome to Holistically Hope with Rachel Pontillo. I'm your host, Rachel Pontillo, and I'm really excited today because I am sharing with you an interview from my friend, colleague, and one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. Keisha Yours. We are going to talk Ayurveda and we are going to talk skincare and how it all is connected. Dr. Keisha Yours is someone who is so knowledgeable about a wide range of topics in holistic and integrative healing and medicine. She is a board-certified functional medicine practitioner, as well as a doctor of sexology, psychotherapist, an Ayurvedic practitioner, an energy worker, a yoga teacher, and she's also the founder and host of the Healthy You Radio Network. I was fortunate to be a guest on her radio show not too long ago. Dr. Keisha is also someone who overcame an autoimmune disease herself using holistic and integrative means, including Ayurveda, and she's going to share with us a little bit about how that worked for her today. She's someone who's been in the medical field for over 30 years, and her constant thirst for knowledge has led her to travel the world in pursuit for finding answers. She has been to places like Australia, India, Mexico, Peru, Africa, Sri Lanka, and she's also had the good fortune to work with some of the most innovative doctors and scientists here in the United States. Here is my interview with Dr. Keisha Yours. Hi, Dr. Keisha. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Rachel. It's such an honor to be asked. It's my pleasure to have you. And today we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is Ayurveda. And that oh, is good. An it's area. one of my favorite topics. Yes, that's one of your areas <laughs> of expertise, I know. And I mean, you have a lot of areas of expertise, but Ayurveda seems to be something that you are passionate about. I know that when you and I have talked, it's something that kind of comes up as a common thread um, a lot. So I am really happy that we're going to choose to focus on that today. And I know that Ayurveda is something, I always say that it's one of those practices that takes lifetimes to learn and I don't think it's something that can ever be mastered because it just evolves and it's something that is just millennia of wisdom and tradition but I do think that it's something that is becoming more and more practical in today's world so I would love it if you could give us just kind of a brief overview just to give people an idea of what Ayurveda is and what they should be kind of um looking for in terms of terminology and understanding and where to start. Sure. Awesome. So Ayurveda literally is the sister science of yoga. So it comes from India. It's timed at anywhere between 5,000 and 10,000 year old system. And it's the medical arm. So it's from the same volume of books called the Vedas where yoga exists, also Jyotish, which is the Ayurveda or the Indian astrology, and then also Vastu, which is Indian feng shui, you could say, or how you order your home so you have the best energy or your environment. So Ayurveda is the science of life. That's how it's translated from Sanskrit to English. And what they knew so long ago before we had asphalt paved highways and we had cell phones and computers, uh, there were there's a group of people they call the rishis, which are the sages, that would just observe humans and their interactions with the universe that we live in and write that down over a period of hundreds of years. So that's where all of this comes from. And one of the things they observed, and this is so revolutionary for you know, the era that we live in is that we're not all the same person. <laughs> we can't, 
I know, exactly. We can't expect to have the same diet, the same form of exercise, the same skincare routine, the same sleep routine. All of these things are according to our body type. So one of the things Ayurveda has that is what I'm passionate about, as you noted, is is that part, that individualization. One of the things I love about today's medical world and why I love practicing medicine in this era is because we now have genetics, right? I love really talking about genetics and what turns your genes on and what can turn them off. But Ayurveda is that very same thing from 10,000 years ago without the saliva test. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what they saw was, okay, there are these different things that go into making different body types, mental types, your spiritual type, your emotional type. And they named these three body types as vata, pitta, and kapha. They're called your doshas. And everybody, when you're born, has a unique constitution called your vikruti that is yours. And it is based on uh, your genetics. It's based on the time of day that you're born, where the planets and the stars were aligned in the universe. And it's based on what ultimately you're supposed to accomplish in this plant, in this world. So what that means is you're uniquely set up in your body, mind, and heart, and spirit to accomplish those tasks. And I just love that because it's as holistic as it can be, right? Absolutely. It includes everything. So each of these body types has a different way to feed and water and take care of itself. And so the care and feeding of your type, unfortunately, isn't written on a manual stapled to your thigh when you're born. <laughs> and so that's what I love about Ayurveda is that gives the, it's sort of like the how-to manual for you, right? That's a really great way to look at it because I know that when we think about Eastern philosophy, especially here in the Western Hemisphere, it can seem very complicated and um, a little bit out there and not not as practical because it is such a different culture and a different practice than what we're used to here. But mm -hmm. so many people that I come across in my practice, the the biggest questions, and you probably get this in your practice too, is how do I know what I'm supposed to eat? How do I know what my body needs? How do I know what I'm supposed to use on my skin? Where do I even start? And in mm -hmm. this culture, which is based on reactive treatment rather than holistic and preventative and all of that, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's kind of led to a bunch of people walking around really disconnected with their own needs and not being able to be in tuned with their own bodies and their own thoughts and their own physical and emotional feelings to be able to then know what's missing or what their bodies are craving. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, I, I have all kinds of different articles and blogs and things like that at drkeisha.com. It's mm -hmm. D-R-K-E-E-S-H-A.com. And there's a free opt-in that I give. It's a, a little gift when you go onto the front page of my website. And it's a 46-page ebook that talks about all of these different ways of being toxic and how to start on that road. One of the things that I think is so important, and this was my case when I had rheumatoid arthritis, is that you don't change your entire life upside down in one day. You know, and so this is a nice, I call it from fatigue to fabulous, and you you take it a step at a time. You know, you don't get into that space where so many of us, if you're the uh, pitta body type, right, or a pitta mental type, which is what I am, and you have that in you too. It's my it's, second, yeah. I want to know this now. now! <laughs> I know, and I'm a pitta kapha. 
And the kapha part of me is the grounded energy that says, okay, this is the, this is the race, not the sprint, right? It's the long game. And so I write things for that. And I, because I am Pitta, I give a ton of information all at once. And I've heard people say, this is so overwhelming. So I'm learning to cut it back. But this is, this is a nice beginning to just say, okay, here are some different ways in all of these areas that we're talking about. And then there's a little quiz on my site for your constitution. Now, one of the things about online quizzes for Ayurveda dosha types, they're not very accurate. And the problem with this is that the way that you answer those questions is subjective because it's your experience, right? And it's your but experience it, for what happens to be going on right now. Right with you. now, yes. And so you have to think about it when you answer the questions of, what was I doing when I was 20? And you start there because often by the time you get to my age, people are saying, oh, they answer it differently because they've learned a few things along the way. But you have to think about how you would have been at 20 with these different things. Like a pitta person doesn't skip meals well. They get hangry. Well, I can skip many meals now. Word. Right? <laughs> because I'm now into Vata stage of life. Mm. And so I can forget to eat the way a Vata person can do and get really wound up in my thought process. And, and so, and my Kapha side of me just could go without for days without eating. Pitta cannot. And so now I've grown out of that Pitta hangry thing and I can skip meals and that's not very good actually. You know, so I have to remind myself, oh yeah, you got to have a meal right here. So, so when you are taking an online quiz, you have to think about that. You know, what stage of life are you in now? What were you like when you were 20? Because where you are today is you're going to be the difference between that and your birth constitution is your imbalance. Right. The imbalance of where you are today. So that's actually the most important thing. We don't want everybody to be equal parts Vata, Pitta, and Kapha unless you were born that way. You're supposed to be the balance of where you were born. And every single, the minutes of the day, what you eat, your thoughts, they all are taking you out of balance. And so it's a constant. Right, because they all have their own doshas too. Exactly. They all have their own characteristics. Yes. And I, I look at it as like... Um, it's kind of easier when you're talking about Chinese medicine with yin and yang because you can kind of see it as like a pendulum kind of back and forth or a seesaw. But with the doshas, it's kind of like you have your seesaw and then you have your third one who's like the mediator. Like, okay, no, you guys calm down now. <laughs> and it, it kind of, that third one can bring the other two back. Um, but knowing who's on the seesaw and who's the mediator kind of can be part of the challenge. Right. And that's where the pulse, the tongue, the fingernails, your bowel movements, your skin, the lines on your face, you know, these things all give you information. And that's one of the things that I write about um, in my newsletter is what are your fingernails telling you? What are your bowel movements saying to you? <laughs> if you will take a moment to look before you flush, right. what do the lines on your face actually mean? And I, I write about that because we aren't taught that from young age in school. You know, we don't understand what the coating on the tongue signifies or what the creases or scallops or whatever is going on with your tongue is trying to say. In Ayurveda, that's really important information that gives you a heads up about what's coming. And so that you can head it off at the pass. You don't actually have to get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease the way I did. I had terrible acne 
terrible acne. I was on Accutane for heaven's sakes when I was 18 years old, you know, completely ruined my liver, I'm quite sure. And I've required pretty steady detoxing every quarter of the year ever since. And, you know, you think about that for a little beauty, you know, an embarrassment about my skin, I was taking antibiotics for a while and then I was taking Accutane, which is the normal Western medicine way of doing things. But that acne was telling me something. It was giving me feedback, but I didn't know how to read it. It's like right. running, you know, I'm, I'm a runner and I would, I'll go running past in a, I remember in the Portland Marathon, there's this great big brick wall that had all this graffiti on it. And I just remember thinking as I was running, gosh, if I were a gang member, I could tell who'd been here, what they were saying to each other. Huh. And to me, it's, I can't read any of it. I don't know what it means. And how interesting, you know, that another person could come here. Or I take my dog for a run in the forest and she picks up more information on different things than I ever even can consider, right? That's the way our bodies are for us. They're Greek to us. We don't. It's like a foreign language because we're not taught. So that's one of the reasons I really focus on writing this stuff is because I want people to know, what's your body telling you? Don't try to suppress it. If you're having pain, don't take an Advil. Right. Ask why. And there's so many supportive people out there these days like you, like the work I do, like our colleagues that, I mean, we were just talking about, we're going to a conference in August where we, we get to be in a room with hundreds of people who have this uh, mentality and you go in right. there and just being in that energy is so healing in itself and just pumps you up and lifts you up and puts you back into the world ready to spread all this goodness. And um, it, it is it is stuff that needs to be taught at a younger age. And I, I feel so passionate about bringing this information out to women, out to mothers who have children so that they can start putting these types of methods into practice in their own households. And, you know, we, we don't tell people don't, don't go to a doctor, don't take a medication. That's, you know, that's not something that I have the authority to do, Mm -hmm. but I always just want to encourage people that there are other options and that you do have choices and this information and these people are here for you. You just have to seek them out and find them. And most often it will require an open mind and it will require some kind of a step outside of what you're used to in that comfort zone because it is such a different philosophy from what we are taught here. Yeah, it's interesting because I had years and years ago, I had a woman um, who was fairly elderly walk into my office and she said, I want to know how to take care of my body type, right? And I understand you know how to do that, but I don't want any of that Hindu shmindu stuff. Oh boy. <laughs> and I just, I just remember thinking, oh, that's so interesting because you know, we've been talking on a spiritual level on a lot of this, but it doesn't, it's not a religion. It doesn't interfere with your religion. It enhances it. It's how to take care of you in the best way so that you can be squarely and firmly and strongly on your spiritual path that's of your choosing. And this has nothing to do with religion or Hinduism, you know? And so it was very interesting how people, because it is a different language, start to kind of get a little worried or if they see, you know, somebody practicing that has some of the different yantras or symbols from the East, that it's they're worried that it's going to interfere with their God, their religion, and it has nothing to do with that. And so it just enhances you so that you can be a better 
practitioner of whatever spiritual path you're on. Ayurveda says we're a microcosm of the macrocosm. So in other words, every bit of the the elements that are out there, I'm sitting next to a window that's out to the forest, so that's why I keep pointing out there. So <laughs> that's out in the universe are in us. So if you think about that, all of the elements that make up dirt are in us. And so I always say, so that means we're just like dirt. So from ashes to ashes, from dust to dust, right? So if you think about it in that way, then those three body types or doshas that I was saying, vada would be more like the desert sand. So it's made of the elements of air and space. So if you think about the desert sand, when the wind comes up in the desert, what happens to the sand? It just goes everywhere. Chaos, right? Yes. All over the place. And that's exactly what happens when the wind comes up for a Vata person. They literally, in windy, cold environments, their thoughts cannot stay grounded. They're very, very imaginative people. They're very creative. They're the social butterflies. They have they flip from one thought to another. But if they don't have the grounding and they're like that sand that's just spinning, then they can't follow through on any of that. So what makes the sand stay still? Water and oil. Mm -hmm. So you want to actually bring that sand so that those grains don't have as much air and space between them. So what a vada person looks like is going to be thin and light like the sand. And they have thinner hair, thinner eyebrows, thinner lips, and thinner bone structure. And they have more of that um, spacey, airheaded quality when they're out of balance. And when they're out of balance, they can also get constipation. So any air-filled space in the body can become adversely affected. So asthma, constipation, ringing in the ears, dizziness, any kind of pain that's moving from one place to another, right? These are vata imbalances. And so forgetfulness, inability to focus and concentrate, the thing that will help the vada person to stay grounded, you know, you pour the oil on the sand, right? Mm-hmm. So having good, moist foods, nothing cold and crunchy, you know, so nothing cold out of the refrigerator. Don't put ice in your drinks. Drink warming liquids, soups, those kinds of things. And then also lots and lots of oil. So vada needs a lot of fat, and that helps them kind of stay grounded. Uh, so that's a kind of brief little tip about vada. They love aerobics and running and hopping up and down and dancing and all kinds of, you know, very movement-oriented exercises, but really what they need is more grounding, you know, like in yoga to hold a pose for a long time, Mm -hmm. to stay on the ground with it as much as possible. So, but they love aerials and acrobats and things like that because it's part of that expression of air and space. So they can move within air and space with grace and beauty. They just have to stay balanced with it. Mm -hmm. And that is very much you. That's right? tot- yes, I'm Vata <laughs> dominant, totally. And it's funny because I do really well with yoga and I do ballet, but I really prefer being more at the bar still and focusing on each individual movement. But I like to watch stuff like aerial and gymnastics and flipping and spinning and all of that. Yeah. But I can't do it personally because then I spin out of control. Right. <laughs> Right. So a daily routine that has a good structure and schedule is really important for Vata. Mm -hmm. And then the things for skin are sesame oil. I mean, Mm -hmm. the kind you get in the grocery store, (laughs) that's cold-pressed organic sesame oil. Unrefined. I add 
essential oils to that because I don't like to smell like a Chinese wok. Right. So <laughs> I use sesame oil on my skin because I'm in Vata stage of life and we can talk about that. But but the each of the doshas has a stage of life too. So when we're born, we're the little toddlers, we're tiny and we're building, right, building blocks. And kapha is water and earth. And so if you think about the dirt that's water and earth, it's clay, right? And so when our children are born, we're really, they're growing like clay, mm -hmm. right? They're being and molded and modeled. Being, and, exactly. Yep. And they've got snot running from every I was door. just going to say <laughs> snot. <laughs> so this mucus thing toddlers. and extra fluid and just like slime and everything that toddlers are, are just embodied in, that's part of kapha. So, allergies. Pardon? Allergies. Yes. Yes. So they wind up with uh, a cough. A person can have extra weight that's water. If they're eating things that are they're sensitive to, they'll hold water. Mm -hmm. So when people lose weight and they say, oh, well, that was just water weight when I just lost that 20 pounds, I think, well, that's not supposed to be there outside your cells like that. That's good. You weren't supposed to have all that inflammation, right? Right. So, so kapha people, their imbalance will tend to be more like diabetes, extra stuff. So fibroids, mm. uh, acne that has cystic mm -hmm. components to it, boils, lipomas, all of the things that have to do with extra water, swelling when you fly, you know, in your ankles and things like that, or, or when you walk. So easy swelling, all of these things, mucus, anything mucusy is going to be a kapha imbalance. The kapha person body type has thick hair. It's the opposite of Ada. Really thick, thick eyebrows, thick lips, very beautiful, luminous eyes. And they tend to be like, I call them the cookie baking mom. You know, they're, they're very loving and nurturing and grounded, but they will hoard time. They, they want more. They, when they collect something, they collect a lot of it. Mm. And they're, they're usually, if they're imbalanced, they can be a couch potato. Mm. And it's hard to get them wedged into movement. But once they go... Avada, it's like the um, hare and the tortoise, right? The tortoise would be the kapha. It's slow and steady and they get there. And the hare is like bouncy, bouncy, fall asleep, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, these two are very, very opposite is kapha and vada. And so um, the food that you would want as a kapha person is no sugar. Sugar is toxic for kapha people. Grains, not so great. So a paleo diet is actually ideal for a kapha. Interesting. Except not as much on the avocado, coconut milk, coconut oil, you know, um, any kind of adding ghee and coconut oil to your coffee, that kind of stuff. Not so great for a kapha person if you're trying to lose weight. So it's it's important that they eat a lot of astringent like mm. greens, lots and lots of greens and um, good proteins and really not a lot of fruit, not grain. Those things are more toxic for them and no dairy. So uh, they can become very lethargic with food, like tired after they eat. So if you're tired after you eat, you're not eating the right thing. Right. Your food's not supposed to stimulate you so that you are bolted upright and your food's not supposed to make you tired. It's like putting gas in your car. When, after you go to the filling station, your car doesn't just zoom off, right? right? It, it just keeps going at it a steady pace. It just keeps going at a steady pace. Right. And that's what food's supposed to do for us. Right. So you think about that, how you feel after you eat, and, and that will be your check-in with if you're choosing the right thing for your body. So then the third type, which we tend to think of as in the middle of those two, is pitta. Mm -hmm. And pitta is fire and water. And the 
soil or the dirt that I tend to think of for this one is like the rainforest, mm. right? So it's very fertile. It's very warm. If a bird flies over the rainforest and drops a seed and keeps going, nobody has to cultivate or nurture that seed. It will just grow, right? There's a lot of fertility there. So that's what Pitta, so if when Pitta um, thinks of something, then they're, they are also creative, but they have the fire to follow through on it. And they can actually get things done. So you're a Vata Pitta person. And so when those creative things come up, you have enough fire to accomplish them, which is great. Now, the fire in a Pitta can lead to burnout. Or, I was just going to say, yep, I yep. get stuff done until I burn out. And then Absolutely. I'm done for like a week and I can't right. even function. Right. And I used to be like that too until I burned out my adrenals and it, you know did all of the stuff that Pitta people generally oh, do. Yeah. And so now I, I pace myself a little bit better, but still not so well. So it's hard when that's in you and you yes. want that drive and you want to get things done, but you got to so, be cognizant of that. <laughs> right. So Pitt is the typical type A personality. They're very driven and they drive themselves. And then they're very impatient with people that can't keep up with them. So <laughs> that's me too. Everybody should be able to have the same kind of brain that moves like this, and and then people around them will get a little bit frustrated with that. So Pitta has to be really careful because they'll be very judgmental, and it usually starts with self-judgment, and it can leak out onto everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I think Pitta, that's one of the biggest things for them to watch is judgment and making sure that they're not being self-critical or critical of others for you know, being a little bit slower at the uptake on things. So my spouse definitely gets the brunt of that sometimes. So <laughs> come on, keep up. Yes. So, so Pitta, uh, their, their imbalance will be more inflammatory, mm -hmm. right? So anything red, uh, extra period, it's going to be, you know, like anything with blood, anything with red skin, anything with red joints, anything red is going to be inflammatory and it's Pitta in nature. So that that's a very simplistic way of thinking of things. Pitta body type tends to be more medium build. Um, they can have freckles. They can have um, very sensitive skin to the sun. Mm -hmm. They tend to have more of that fair skin. And so they're the, you know, we have the skinny, the medium, and then the bigger, larger bone kapha. And then we are all a mix of all three of those. Right. You're never just one of them. And it's sort of like your, your dosha is your fingerprint. So vata needs that really good oil. Pitta needs to have cooling when it's hot outside. So I live in Seattle. I don't have to spend a ton of time drinking coconut water to cool myself off. But if it's 94 degrees outside, right, which is hot for me, and I'm outside and I've just run a race, then coconut water is perfect for me. So because it'll cool everything down. Um, cilantro, mint, all these things are very cooling. So pitta, when it's hot outside, don't drink coffee. It's the worst thing you can possibly do. That and alcohol are very inflammation causing. And so you'll wind up even crankier than you might be in the heat <laughs> if you just stuck with cooling things. So, and then the oil is coconut oil for the skin. Mm -hmm. And for kapha, they want a lighter oil because they're already clay, right? Mm -hmm. So almond is really great for them. So that's simplistic in a nutshell. Yeah. Now, what I've observed, and maybe you have a little bit of insight on this, is that 
I mean, we talked about how your condition, your imbalance and your constitution are not the same things right. at the time. Whereas, you know, a condition might manifest. So if someone has acne, that doesn't necessarily, that would be a pitta condition, but that wouldn't necessarily mean that that person is pitta. So if you're using oils or you're using food to calm a condition and kind of restore mm -hmm. your constitution, would you use a food or an oil to support and strengthen your constitution or to pacify the condition? So it always, the answer to this when I was training in Ayurveda and I would ask my professors, they would always say, it depends. And that always frustrated me, mm -hmm. but now I understand it. So you think about the age also of the person and the climate they live in and the time of year and the time of day. So for example, if acne is there and somebody's going through a great deal of stress and their pitta constitution, then you're going to want to make sure you cool them down and clear out their liver. Mm. You know, liver is a big root of where acne comes from, especially for somebody that has ruddy undertones to their skin and they're kind of a type A. So anger will bring acne out. Stress will bring acne out. Now, acne in a vata person could just be that they're clogged, you know? Right. I was going to yeah. say colon, constipation. Exactly. They need to clean to out. Right. They need to do a plumber's friend and just get rid of all it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they've got to make sure that they're pooping every day, at least one banana-shaped brown poop a day, you know? And vata people, that's a holy grail. So you really want to make sure that's happening. You're dumping your trash every day mm -hmm. so the vermin don't grow. So you've got to make sure there is no yeast in the colon. You've got to make sure that you don't have an overgrowth of nasties that are, again, causing skin to break out because it's they're clogged. Kapha people, if they're also congested, then they'll have the pus and the acne. Mm -hmm. So it'll look different, right? Mm -hmm. And so they also could have uh, been eating too much dairy. Mm -hmm. So anything that causes mucus will also cause that same kind of pus congestion, right? So backing them down off of alcohol and dairy and sugar and anything that's causing extra buildup, that's what they need. And they need to have good like dandelion tea and clearing things out, astringents. I always have people take a lot of, in fact, I do this every morning myself, is a lot of greens, you know, either in a smoothie or through a juicer and just really, really, I'm a, I'm a pit of kapha, so I know, and I never have a stuffy nose, and I never have allergies, and I'm, I just, I'm usually not tired. You know, I, I'm not a couch potato, and it's because I don't eat dairy, I don't eat sugar, I don't drink, and I have these bitter astringent vegetables every single day to start my day. Mm -hmm. So I don't ever have skin issues either, mm -hmm. but I used to, you know, and that's the thing. And I was having those when I was 30 still. Until I discovered this, that it was really important as a daily practice, not just a detox, where people, right, they, they'll do a detox yeah, and they, then go straight they think back. <laughs> that, and that's, that's another really great point is that detox should be a daily thing. It should be an ongoing effort. Like you were saying, take out the trash every day. Right. It's something that should happen every day. I mean, I, I am a fan of a seasonal cleanse just to kind of keep things going, especially because, you know, let's face it, there are times of, there are times that we don't always get to take as good care of ourselves as we should when we get busy or when we get stressed 
or for whatever reason, if we're traveling, whatever. So for those reasons, I think it might, it is good to kind of keep that maintenance up. And I like to do it um, seasonally, personally, but it should be an ongoing effort. I, I I don't like when people rely on a seasonal cleanse to dump a season's worth of trash and then they go right back into putting trash back in. Right. It, that's right. not how it works. I call it the detox, re- re- retox roller yes. coaster. Yes. I used to have a couple of, I still have them, but they were so funny. They would know I'd go through a cleanse and then they'd show up on my porch with pizza and say, oh, yeah. we're the bad news retox bears. <laughs> And, I and it's say, so tempting so to do that after a cleanse, but I mean, I always teach my clients that how you come off of a cleanse is even more important than how right. you go into it mm-hmm. because I mean, let's face it, cleanses are not fun. Usually there's very few that are actually, let's do this cleanse. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, usually by the end of the cleanse, you're like, oh my God, if I see another juice, if I see another smoothie, if I see another clay mixture, I'm, I'm going to vomit. So when somebody comes with pizza and beer or whatever, it's like, yeah, but you have to pause and say, why am I going to undo all of the good that I just did? Exactly. And it, it doesn't mean that you can never have things like pizza in your life. It just means that there's, you don't want to just dive into something that hard to digest and that complicated and that toxic. It is toxic, especially, you know, when people, um, this is something I noticed for me, and maybe you noticed this when you first discovered all of this for yourself. But when I first cleaned up my diet, I found I couldn't eat even one thing. Like one piece of pizza would knock me out. I would have to go to bed and then I would be, you know, probably TMI here, but I'd be constipated for like three days mm-hmm. and bloated. And I used to be able to drink a lot of alcohol when I was younger. I mean, you know, <laughs> we go through that stage. And then when I cleaned out my diet, I would find that it was not, I couldn't predict how alcohol would affect me. I could have one glass of wine and be physically sick and then have to go to bed Or I could have a couple and be fine, but it wasn't something that I could ever predict. Whereas back in the day, I would know what my tolerance was. So I actually, I had to stop drinking completely for a while and until I could, you know, understand how my body was reacting. And I still have to be very careful with alcohol, but, um, so I don't drink alcohol and I don't eat pizza Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's not something that's hard for me anymore. I, I got off the detox, retox roller coaster because I felt so good just making it my lifestyle. And I have a history of autoimmune disease. Right. Why would I mess with that tiger yeah, again? It's, you know, it's not it's worth just, it for no. It can turn my genes on. I'm I am really wired for rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. My grandfather had it. I've got a ton of DNA that's wired for it. And what turns it on? epigenetics is your mm-hmm. lifestyle choices. So mm-hmm. I make choices that keep those turned off. And to me, that it's not even a temptation anymore, but it used to be. And so I'm really compassionate with my patients. And I always say that you go through a period of time until finally you say, oh, yeah, I feel fantastic. Why would I mess that up? So I can yeah. go to any party and never have to have a glass of alcohol in my, my hand. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I have great time and I can visit with people with my water, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people have a hard time sometimes with, oh, socially, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just say, just 
carry a water glass around. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it can take time. So like yeah, you said, you have to be patient. You have to be patient with yourself. You have to be compassionate mm-hmm. with yourself. But I also think that a lot of people don't realize how good it's possible to actually feel. Right. And once you feel that good, you don't want to go back. Right. But before you get to that point, it can be hard to imagine not having that. I, I know when I first got to that point, I really, I didn't know I could feel that good. Right. I didn't know I could have that much energy. I didn't know my skin could look like this. I didn't know that my body could look this way at my age and after mm-hmm. being through what it's been through, injury mm-hmm. and children and hormones and thyroid and weight gain and weight loss. I didn't know it it could be that resilient. Right. So I remember when I first made these changes and it was hard. I did not have people supporting the changes that I made. Family members, they just didn't get it. It wasn't their experience and they still don't get it. And that's fine. They don't have to get it. This is, I always say, um, when I work with somebody who's married to somebody who does not subscribe to this lifestyle, that that's okay. That's their journey. You're on your journey. Your responsibility is not to pull them onto your journey. They're responsible for their journey. You just stick to your journey and let them live theirs. If they get on this journey, then that's great. And if not, then they won't. But, um, other people don't have to understand your choices. Right. But you do well, have when, to be resilient. When, <laughs> when I first met my husband, he had an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's thyroiditis too. And, you know, we converted him also out of it. And so it's lucky because he also doesn't drink alcohol and, you know, also doesn't want to get autoimmune disease back. And so it's an important thing, I think, to just uh, do your path and you know, just be at, be true to, true to what you know is good for your body. So, yeah, that's a great point. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking all the time. This was such great information. We could keep talking for hours and I hours. Know. My <laughs> I wish, pleasure. <laughs> I wish we we'll have to do this again sometime soon. But um, before we close today, I know that you have your quiz and your ebook. Is there anything else that you would like to our audience to know before we sign off for today? Just to really understand that you're individual. You are an individual person and that's what my site is built for is to really help you understand how to take care of you at your individual level. And you can read a book, you know, I, I've written books, you've written books, you can read books that say this is a great diet, but until you really know what yours is, it's not yours, you know. So, yeah, it does require sometimes some experimentation and trial and error, getting support when you need it and being very compassionate with yourself. And that's something that I know a lot of people struggle with. I struggle with it on a regular basis myself. I'm always my own worst critic, but Mm -hmm. we have to always just remind ourselves that we are doing the best we can. We have the tools we need. We just have to actually use them right? and just keep practicing that compassion and treating ourselves as the individuals that we are. So that's, that's powerful stuff. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Keisha. It was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for watching and listening to today's interview. And thank you, of course, again to Dr. Keisha Ewers for joining us and providing us with such a wealth of information. 
that I know we can all find tremendous value in and start utilizing in our lifestyles today. If you want to learn more from Dr. Keisha, download her free ebook and take her quiz. Go on over to her website at drkeisha.com. That's D-R-K-E-E-S-H-A.com. You can also find Dr. Keisha on her radio show at www.healthyuradio.com. And if you're interested in her health coach certification program, you want to head on over to www.academyforintegrativemedicine.com. Lots of opportunities to connect with Dr. Keisha and learn more. Thank you again for joining us today. It's always such a pleasure for me to be with you and to share information with you like what we shared today from Dr. Keisha. I hope you join us again for our next episode and I hope that you are moved to share this with your friends and family. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and my iTunes channel and be sure also to come on over to my website at holisticallyhope.com and leave a comment with your thoughts. I'm Rachel Pontillo. I'll be back soon with another episode and I wish you a beautiful day.